0: Peter Sherman in for Alex Pearson. That's uh, until Thursday and happy to be. It is 20 minutes after 8 o'clock and I am delighted to um, delighted. be hosting Counterpoint and have two, I'll call you both <laughs> what you are to me, friends. I, I know Michael for many, many years. and uh, Does he still owe you money? No, he doesn't owe me any money, but I know him for a dozen years because he worked on my campaign in 2007, 2007. And, I, and I and Andy Stinton, I know you for at least five or six. I've known you for longer than that. Longer than that? Re- remember that time? It just that feels like it's longer for Peter, <laughs> Andy. <laughs> you promised not to tell anybody. Anyway, Andy I thought, Stinton,
1: I, I, shh, I, I, let me finish.
0: <laughs> Andy Stinton is a small businessman. That's his representation on the panel, and Michael Diamond, of course, is with the Upstream Strategy Group, and he is uh, very political in his endeavors. So let's Let's get get started and let's get into politics because the way I started the show is with the big story that ended last week and, of course, has fallen into this week and from which there will be further repercussions. And that is we had a week in which the cabinet was shuffled, but it came um, closely uh, on on the... uh, I followed say by, I'm, it's not followed. It was, it was closely followed by. Thank you for helping me with my words. Yeah. I got them. Yes, this is going to be fun tonight. <laughs> it, is, isn't it? it is. It is. <laughs> so uh, that was with the resignation of Dean French. The first thing, Dean French. People out there don't know the name. You're starting to know it, uh, and you're starting to know it for all the wrong reasons. Because he's leaving the service of Premier Ford. He was the chief of staff. That means in in your world in our world where we deal with management and employees the ceo he ran the show why did he leave well ostensibly because premier ford wasn't happy with his appointment of people who arguably should not have had anything to do with government appointments getting jobs and so he resigned and uh, it, 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 I said it comes across this week. For example, there are a couple of tweets on the line right now from our own Travis Danraj of Global uh, News saying, Sources say the departure, despite what the Premier's office is officially saying, was not smooth. Smooth French was visibly upset this morning, allegedly telling staff he was still in charge. He came in this morning. And then uh, Larissa Whaler, who is uh, a senior in communication, I think she's Director, director of Communications for the office, said, Categorically Untrue, he came by to thank staff and to wrap up. So, you know, take it from whence it comes. One is speaking for the Premier's office, one is speaking for media, and uh, they're both people of good repute. What's the story here? We've got Dean French going. We've got uh, t- temporarily somebody occupying the Chief of Staff position, but we haven't got any announcement about permanency. How badly has the last week hurt, if indeed you think it is hurt, the Premier's office, Michael Diamond.
2: So, a, a couple things on that. Uh, earlier last week, the Premier and the uh, government announced that they were looking to reset and that's why they shuffled the cabinet. And And part of that reset was, uh, we, we saw over the course of the uh, previous year, they were sworn in on June 29th, 2018, so we're up near that one year apart, uh, was the, uh, the departure of Mr. French. And I think that is ultimately a good thing for this government. I think we saw uh, some actions uh, analog Lot of media scuttlebutt about him over the previous year, and uh, it was time for him to move on and return to his very nice life in the private sector. This is a guy who I, I do know, and I know he loves his family, and I'm sure uh, he'll enjoy spending more time with them this summer than he got to over the last year. Uh, but uh, for the premier, this is, I think, a good thing. New direction. He reset the cabinet. Now he can actually reset uh, his office. This message has been
1: sent to you by a load of crap. Oh, I obviously disagrees. <laughs> oh, okay, let's start at the top. I'm an outsider, but I do have friends in the media. I haven't not heard one, not one person saying anything good about this French fry guy. It's all been nasty, swearing. They think he's just a piece of doggy doo doo.
0: Okay, so we'll, let's why don't we Let, stay away from that, Andy? Okay, because okay, let's, it let's, doesn't
1: matter. He's gone. Okay. But if that's his particular modus operandi, it would make sense that Doug Ford would eventually get rid of him because it's going to spread like a poison through his cabinet. Now let's go back to the cabinet. It wasn't a reset. He screwed up. These people were not good at the jobs. They were getting <clears throat> getting the conservative party being looked at in a very negative light by the electorate. And he's putting like Vic Fidelli, who was the minister of finance, is put as a major dog catcher now or something.
0: So this is just people screwing up. Then you look at the two appointments. Andy, Andy, I'm, I'm, I'm not supposed to be on the panel, but i got to tell you, I worked with Vic Fideli. I know these people. Vic's a really nice guy. Okay. He's a really smart guy. He's a really smart guy. And the cabinet was a pretty good cabinet. But if you're constrained, which is every, from everything I've got, and I've got some sources in there, if you're constrained from doing what you really think you want to do, then you have to screw up. But this is the point. You have all these sources. I look at it from the outside.
1: And if it wasn't politics, here's somebody who wasn't doing the job effectively so you fire them because it's the government we move them to another permission position these people were not the autistic file was badly handled so she got fired moved this is the real world peter it's not a training ground despite you know the fact that you've got inside things we as, as the electorate want these people to do their friggin' jobs
0: Okay, well, that's a fair statement, and I understand, because that's why we call you the small businessman, because you're bringing us a point of view that Michael and I are not going to express. But, But Michael, tell me about it. You know what I know, which is there was a cabinet, largely pretty good people, who, from my belief could have done the job an awful lot better if they hadn't had some handcuffs on them is that fair well
2: i think i think like look vic Fidelli is a guy who uh, is is very competent and w- was doing a good job and i think will do a good job in his new portfolio in economic development but i think i think peter does make a good point that there if there was interference if, the, if there was a problem with interaction between cabinet and the premier's office that had to be fixed and with this change in personnel that should be fixed and the proof will be in the pudding when the house comes it back should be fixed but his two appointments of the french they were you have to roll that away. Back. The premier did. But hang on all the, 9 a.m. All this... the next day, Andy.
1: Michael, okay, but you know, that's not due diligence. Those people should have been checked before he went and out there and said their names. That is true, but that's names. why the Premier when the Premier You're found out, give he You're a 26-year-old kid a new portfolio in New York, $160,000 a year, with no experience. You know what? It makes me wonder whether Ford should be a leader, because in my mind, he's not. He should have looked at those and understood well, I who I they were.
2: When he, the next day at 9 a.m., before before he had a chance to do anything else, he revoked the, uh, the appointment of that individual, so think I think he, he did show leadership on that he didn't show leadership
1: he showed lack of leadership by even announcing them come on you can't go out and say here's the people i've appointed because i believe in them and then 24 hours later you say oops no i don't i'm taking them off the table that's just stupidity.
0: again i've got to say that speaking as uh the voice of the common man i can't argue too much with what you're saying because if that's your perception it's your perception here's what i know that the complexity of running Uh, a province that houses a third of the population of Canada, and knowing absolutely everything about everybody, uh, you can't do it. Therefore, you put your trust in people to do the best job they can to make you shine. And I think that Doug Ford got caught having people who didn't make him shine, Michael.
2: Yeah, I I think that he was poorly served uh, by his staff uh, or staffer in this one case. And again, when he found out that these appointments were made, he revoked them, and that was the right thing to do and I think we're going to see a different appointments process moving ahead because folks learn from their mistakes. Sure, yeah, expected, you, you, let, me,
0: let me just get in here, Andy, and ask you a question. We've got a limited time before we have to take a yeah. break. The question is this. Do you think that this so-called reset can, in three years' time, if things are managed correctly, erase the last year and make Ontario whole again? In other words... Is is, it, is there enough time for them to uh, come back into the good graces of enough people to elect them again?
1: Get rid of Ford, yeah. I mean, you've got you've got a situation. Get rid of Ford. You, the people have, you know, it's a bit like Survivor. The, the, the tribe have voted. When he starts getting booed at rallies, that's a pretty good indication. And you can come up with all these political ideologies and how the system works. But the man goes out in public and gets consistently
2: booed. He's not popular. Get rid of him. And I think they can turn it around. By consistently, I think we mean twice. Uh, but I do think uh, three years is an awful long time. I think let's not get lost in the uh, chaos of last week, looking at the previous year. This government did some good things, winding down cap-and-trade, fighting the uh, carbon tax federally, uh, the amalgamation of Toronto City Council, which is going to uh, yeah, provide the autism a better... thing in, was really popular. They've yeah, done a niche. lot of good things, and I think you're going to see the effects of some of the changes they made on autism, for example, over the next three years. So I think the uh, prospect is far too early to predict next election. Okay, guys, I'm
0: going to put it on hold for a second. I'm going to throw in my own comment. I think Ford can turn it around, and I'm a supporter of his ability to do that. I I, I know the guy enough to tell you he's a smart guy, and he can do it. And I think he uh, he got into something where he hadn't been an MPP before, and um, he got some surprises. You have to turn things around? Turn them around. Counterpoint tonight, our panel, not our guests, because they're regulars, and I'm not, Andy Stinton, the small businessman, and Michael Diamond uh, with me in studio. Also, from Upstream Strategy Group, we were talking about uh, the machinations of things at Queen's Park. More to unfold, I'm sure, this week. But let's switch uh, gears and and talk about something else. There's a father who's been accused uh, in his son's meningitis death. Uh, And what comes out here, and this is in court now, uh, is the father thought he wasn't sick enough to really worry. Um, This is, to me kind of like the Mm anti-vaxxers. It's it's a situation where a father and uh, and mother fed their child, who was obviously sick. This is a little boy, uh, about three years old, herbal remedies, and he died of meningitis. And now he's in court for not providing the necessaries of life or necessities of life, depending on how you like to say that phrase. And uh, he's defending himself. Now, the first thing that strikes me is there's an old expression, the man who acts for, for himself in a court of law has a fool for a lawyer, or some words to that effect. You I think screwed
1: that up, did you? Well, 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 kind client, of, sort Peter. of. Yeah. You got right up to the brink there, and you hesitated. Uh, and then I messed it up?
0: Yeah. no, 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 no. I, I got the point across. So the... The point being, this guy deserves to lose from my perspective, uh, and he deserves to lose because when you've got a kid that is obviously sick, he says, oh, he didn't seem
2: sick. Do you buy that, Michael? No, and you know, if you're not a hypochondriac before you have a child, and I don't have children, but if you don't have if you're not a hypochondriac before you have a child, becoming a parent ought to make you one, because you always take even more precaution yeah. with the person, the thing you love most in this world, which your child should be. So so I don't buy it uh, either completely negligent or a messed up ideology, because you know, we've been around long enough to know that uh, uh, some twigs and berries ain't gonna cure something serious. I, I, I agree with you
1: totally, except for the last Last bit. We know he obviously didn't know that twigs and berries don't cure something. And and that's the sad bit. I didn't think the child was that sick. Well, how about going to even if it was a homeopathic doctor? Any form of, of licensed and registered medicinal provider or doctor, he could have taken them there, but he didn't take them anywhere. I,
2: I mean, I don't have words. Well, you know, and I think Peter raised a good point that any anyone who uh, uh, acts as their own legal counsel has a fool yeah. for a client. Well, even more so when you act as your own physician.
0: Yes. Well, there, I think we all agree on that, and uh, we can leave it alone. Can we have a group hug and, and, Well, we could do that, but <laughs> I could correct something. I said three years old. I should have said 18 months old. Beautiful little boy, and I'm looking at a picture of him as I speak. Um, want to talk a little bit about Kawhi Leonard, not as the basketball player that we know him to be. He's a fantastic contributor and arguably uh, one of the people who made the largest difference and really a difference between win or lose for the Toronto Raptors. And But I don't want to talk about basketball. I want to talk about the fact that there are a lot of people who realize that he's sitting on a decision that we Torontonians all want him to make to stay, but he's been, in some cases, almost accosted in the street by people who are kind of grabbing onto him and begging him to stay and looking to take selfies and all the rest of it. Is that fair? Let's start with you, Andy. Is it fair? I
1: worked in the record industry for years and years and had a lot of very famous artists and the fair doesn't come into it. If, if you buy the whole stardom thing, if it's what you want, it comes with the territory. And so I, I never buy into the fact that, oh, I don't want people to bother me. Well, you knew going in, if you were going to be a famous athlete or somebody who has achieved like he has, it comes with the territory. On the other side, so put
0: up or shut up.
1: Yeah, on yeah, on the other side, people can be extremely rude, and we're sh- and we showing what a little hog town we are in the way that we're acting as well.
0: Well, you know, uh, I'm going to talk to somebody in about half an hour uh, on this show who's a psychologist, and her field of study. This should be interesting too. Is stardom people who have to contend with what Kawhi Leonard. Has to contend with, which it can't be easy. On the one hand, it, on the scary. other hand,
2: ten or twenty million dollars can't be hard. Michael, being starstruck shows a lack of sophistication, in uh, my my opinion. So you should uh, you should really <sighs> exercise discretion. Uh, it's this is a double edged sword though, because uh, uh, of course people do deserve their privacy, but these massive contracts that these athletes uh, get to sign are in part because fans fuel their obsession with the sport, which sells the advertising, which makes it all profitable for everyone involved so th- there is a balance me personally uh the only person who i get starstruck in front of it andy stinton thank you well oh that, that, that,
1: oh <laughs> <laughs> did you did you get one of those landline sick bags with the, Grand, get the barf <laughs> bucket for me. Okay, these guys are. yeah i mean he made an, an inaccurate statement he's not starstruck i happen to know that that michael diamond his house is just full of posters of Billy Joel. He regularly <laughs> goes to Madison Square Garden every third
0: Thursday or something. Don't tell me about Starstruck Diamond. Well, there's nothing wrong with being Starstruck. I enjoy a concert. I think, I think there's something terribly wrong with uh, with seeing a, a star,
2: a whatever star, in the street and feeling that you have a right to go over and put yourself in <clears> their face. Well, And then invading their privacy, even if you go and say, hello, congratulations, thank you. But taking a photo and being like, oh, look what I saw Peter Sherman buying at uh, Pusateri's uh, completely off base. I didn't know you were there. (laughs) (laughs) I posted
0: a photo of you on Twitter. Okay, I got a question. I'm going to lighten it up considerably at this point uh, and ask you both a question. There's something called free-range mooching, and what it really comes down to is would you eat a stranger's leftovers? In a restaurant, if you saw a half-eaten or a quarter-eaten, a quarter-eaten meal, know this is a thing, and, and growing amongst younger people. Would you touch that stuff? I fear for
2: our future if this is a growing
0: trend.
1: <laughs> we saw this when we were in the green room. I saw, and we, and I saw you doing in, it. And
0: I was sitting there going, ooh, that's stupid. Do, do that. People actually do this, Peter? They actually do that. Well, you know what, Michael Downey, turn on your microphone. Michael, Michael's our producer, and Michael has—he's uh, younger than the rest of us—and uh, that's not difficult. Was not that long ago in hey. school, Michael. You know about this? Well, I don't do it anymore because I'm gainfully employed, oh, well, obviously. Okay, but uh, <laughs> I'm not, not suggesting you do it now. But you did it. Are you familiar with the term table scoring? No. Well, you go to a bar and you finish unfinished drinks that people leave behind. This is, you know, ideally this stops after you stop being like a nineteen-year-old skid. So uh,
1: you go in and buy one drink, and then then you'll finish it. Then you will a beer never and you go drink half drink. finished scotch. Yes, sc- and, and then you wait till Michael and 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 Peter and I leave, and then you go over and do our half finished drinks. How is that any different than taking something
0: off the curb that you throw it as garbage? You don't want it anymore. Okay, I don't necessarily do this anymore. Like I I prefaced this with, I have a job (laughs) and I'm not 19 anymore. So we shouldn't take you out to dinner. No, you don't need to. I'll just follow you to the restaurant. <laughs> go. I got to tell you. Uh, this is this is an interesting subject, and I can see where people who are down on their luck or you know, college people who are maybe in residence and have uh, a few funds compared to the rest of us. But I, I know something about you, Andy, and I know something about you, Michael, and I know the same thing about me. We don't leave half-finished drinks. No,
1: no, no, no we don't. But, you know, I just thought of a great thing. Mis- Mr. Downey, how about this? You know what I'm going to do from now on? Well, when I leave half finished stuff, I'm going to put pepper on it or I'm going to put vinegar on it no, So just... somebody comes along and they go, Oh, look, here's half a hamburger. And their mouth is going you to be well, well,
2: <laughs> yeah, Are you a curmudgeon? Are you a nasty old man? Look, yeah, look, I wouldn't do it, but if someone wants the leftover food that I would never, ever have at a restaurant, but if hypothetically someone wanted it, have at it. I ain't taking someone else's, though. Okay, Andy, this, you sound like the guy who
0: pours the coffee grounds on the old uh, bagels in the dumpster behind the Tim Hortons to keep the vagrants out. Well, yeah, but I banged my head on the, on the thing one day and got a bad cut, so I stopped doing it. All right. Thank you, Michael Downey, for joining the panel. And thank you, Michael Diamond and Andy Stinson, for uh, interesting contributions tonight to Counterpoint <laughs> right here on Global News Radio.